In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, you're going to learn how a lack of access and opportunity doesn't just apply to kids. It also extends to our staff. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. All right, we're going to start this episode a little different than usual. I'm going to address the pity part of the title of this episode. So I'm going to give you a second to get your violins out. Get them out because I'm about to have a damn pity party and I need music. Listen, it is 12.24 a.m. I just flew in from Houston. I was in Houston today. I worked in Iowa yesterday. I'm tired as hell. And I didn't have a podcast ready to upload. And so, even though I'm dragging ass, I am up after midnight with a full slate tomorrow. After midnight, recording this podcast for you. Why? Okay, on one level, I am just blown away by the listenership. Just the number of people that who listen to the podcast every week, but that's really not my motivation. I could have actually talked myself out of having this podcast uploaded at 5 a.m. But let me tell you what the real issue is, and this is where you should pity me. I am a scared not to have it up. I am a scared, A apostrophe S-C-A-R-E-D, a scared. A scared of what? A scared of whom? I'm afraid of a listener. I've never met this listener. We've had uh, message conversations, text conversations. This podcast is brought to you, not only because I'm a hero, but because of Sharon Hampton Madian. Let me tell you something. This woman calls me out when I don't have stuff up there. She calls me out like, we cousins. I think after the first season, I said, I'm going to take the summer off and I'll be back after summer ends. And I get this message from her, uh, the summer end at the end of August or September because we waiting and I got right back on the podcast wagon and then last week I told you I uploaded the podcast everything was ready to go and by accident I forgot to hit the schedule button and how did I find that out because I woke up to a message from our own Sharon Hampton Mandian. Where is the podcast? I need it. I depend on it. I drive to work with it. So here I am at 1226. 1226. Smelling like all day. I didn't even wash. I'm smelling like flights. The streets. Like I sat around 300 people tonight. I'm trying to really paint a, a really pitiful picture. But... uh I'm joking. I'm I'm hoping that Sharon hasn't run off the road on her way to work listening to this. But uh, she just represents the number of you out there who listen every week. And I'm grateful for it. And I feel a wonderful sense of obligation to make it happen. And so here we go. Well, today was quite an incredible one. I spent the entire day in downtown Atlanta at the 360 degree leadership conference. It was held at the Georgia World Congress Center, and it was outstanding. I took a lot of pride in the fact that I had seven teammates with me. 
Georgette, Jeannie, Dublin, Emojime, Legister, Coach Scott, and Ingrid. And when I think about that, that is nice representation from several grade levels. It was a pretty impressive lineup of speakers, most notably John Maxwell. The format was really good as well, as each speaker presented for about 25 to 30 minutes. I derived dual benefits from the day. From a school perspective, I really believe that I'm building my core leadership group, my critical mass. And on another note, I got a really great compliment about it. baby let's get into this i'm gonna hit this from uh, a couple of different layers the first couple are pretty obvious they're probably reminders for you that leaders build leaders that you know leadership is not a solo act you know chapter one of starting a movement talks about the guiding coalition and while tons of hollywood movies are set up to pull at our heartstrings by having one person at the school be awesome and everybody else sucks that's not how life works that's not how leadership works you got to build leaders you got to mind form you got to give them opportunity, mentor, support, and nurture them. And this was a very conscious and intentional effort to do that. I mean, we went off campus uh, down to the World Congress Center. And, you know, today, an event like the one we went to, this was 2006, wouldn't seem like a big deal. Like they were, they were, um, there were some speakers that were who were live, and then several were simulcast, which seems like it was a big deal back then, man. Like today, it's nothing. Like everybody's on Zoom, everybody's streaming, but it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I even like reading the actual names off. You know, often I'll I'll like protect the uh, the staff members I had there, but I was just so proud that these folks stepped up, and uh, and we we went that day. But leaders build leaders. You got to give them exposure, opportunity. You know this. You got to do this in the midst of whatever is going on at your school. You can't wait for conditions to be right. Conditions are right every day to make things like this happen. I also found, and from that day forward, have derived a lot of benefit from seeking out leadership perspectives from other fields. You know, I don't care how forward thinking you are how equity-minded you are, how deeply embedded in growth mindset you are if you're only surrounded by leaders from your field. It's... um, Then you're missing an opportunity. And and it's hard to remember that because we got some great leaders in our field, you know. It's, you know, I've, I've been exposed to so many of them. But there is something refreshing about what Rick DeFore talked about, God rest his soul, seeing with new eyes. And when you get perspectives from other leaders, and if I remember that day, I mean, of course, John Maxwell is like, he is just the nation's leadership mentor. He's also a religious leader. But I remember there were were leaders from uh, the military and leaders from business and 
folks who are kind of self-made, build themselves from the ground up. You just get perspectives from other fields and I don't know, it just helps you calibrate things, you know, because um, unfortunately, not unfortunately, it's just a fact of life. When we stay immersed in and surrounded by people who do what we do in our field, it can sometimes become an echo chamber and unknowingly we can find ourselves doing things because it's the way it's always been done you know it's 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 almost like when you've you've been a part of a collaborative team that's worked well and then one member moves on and then you take on a, a new member and oftentimes that person is coming with a new set of eyes and he or she kind of exposes or ask questions about or challenges or suggest things that man they've been it's been right in front of us the entire time but we didn't see it and so i found that it was really powerful to do that we we not only went to the conference but we went to the conference after doing a book study if my voice sounds funny i'm kind of turning away from the mic trying to glance on my shelf to see if i still have the uh, leadership 360 book I say that as if you can see the damn book, but you can't see the book because this is a podcast. But it was really, really eye-opening, um, like perspectives. Like, I'll I tell you what, I, I'm not going to get into it too, too deeply here, but I have some really strong feelings about homework lately. And I've always kind of been on the precipice of being able to explain what I'm thinking about homework. You know, I, I think about homework and its relationship with equitable practice. I think about homework and its relationship with the fact that we're in the information age and even poor, a lot of poor people have supercomputers in their pockets. And um, and yet we, we're, we're still giving homework the same way all the time. And maybe I'll, I'll address this in another podcast, but I was listening to a business leader, a business mentor, and he just went on this rant about homework. And ironically, it just solidified everything that I was thinking. It just, he just put it in such a great I don't know. He packaged it so beautifully, but he's clearly outside of education, clearly outside of education, because I don't know if any educators who ever thought this way about it. And so I like that that day gave us a chance to expand our thinking and expand our leadership beyond educational walls. Get out of our echo chamber some, get some perspectives from other leaders that would help us with our leadership. Um, The research Tom Herc and I did for starting a movement uh, spanned, you know, some of the research was done by Lyle Kurtman and around the Guiding Coalition. And what we loved about his research was that he not only researched school leaders, but also business leaders and kind of meshed everything together to come up with these uh, competencies that were common with highly effective leaders. But let me get to the last point that hit me at the last second. And I'm really excited about this. Lately, I've been on this thing. Uh, you know, I. I'm not a researcher. I'm a I'm a practitioner, but I don't know, man. I got a talent for just I just know shit. You know, I know shit. I promise you, I just know shit, and I notice stuff. And so here's something I've noticed, and you you might agree with me. Our tests, our assessments in this country, really don't test intelligence. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I mean, our assessments test more access and opportunity. Now, unfortunately, we haven't broken the hold that tells us that people who grow up below the poverty line they aren't as smart as everybody else. We haven't we haven't broken that yet. We we still associate uh, income with intelligence, when income by and large speaks more to access and opportunity. Kids who have more exposure and more access to what the world has to offer, or you know, develop more background knowledge, more experience, more hands-on experience, they have a better shot in schools. If all things are equal, we know that to create equitable spaces, we've got to fill in some of those gaps for the kids. But these are not like intelligence gaps. These are access and opportunity gaps. You know, I was talking with my wife. We were talking about a month ago about this very subject, access and opportunity. And both her family, you know, the village and her family and the village and my family provided us with a more fruitful life than that of our parents and grandparents. I mean, doors are open for the two of us that were not open for our parents and grandparents. And by hook or crook, you know, and by way of the village, you know, we were both exposed to more than our parents were. I mean, short of going to see grandparents and stuff in South Carolina, I mean, my parents didn't leave Brooklyn too tough. You know what I mean? But hell, I mean, I, I recalled, uh, I went to a, church youth conference in Urbana-Champaign, Illinois. And I still remember it like it was yesterday because you, you couldn't tell me I had gone to damn Europe. You know? <laughs> on a on a funky-ass bus going to Illinois, but you couldn't have told me I, was going, I wasn't going to Europe. So, my parents did the best they could with what they had to, to provide me with access and opportunity, and they succeeded. And my wife, Nicole, is the same with her side of the family. But we said to ourselves, you know what? If we got put in a time machine and we were both 17 again and we stood shoulder to shoulder with our two uh, young adult kids and at when they were 17, so if, if she and I are 17 and our two kids are 17 and we're standing shoulder to shoulder, we are going to look like those kids that have no access and opportunity because of what our kids have been exposed to. And I'm not saying that to say we've spoiled them to death, but they have been exposed to a lot, traveled the world. Our son has circled the globe twice and lived in South America on his own for eight months. And our daughter has took a gap year and traveled the world. And just what they've been exposed to, I mean, it makes what we were exposed to, you know, apples to apples, it just pales in comparison. It just pales in comparison. And so here's my point. And this just hit me right before I recorded this podcast. I'm always beat that drum about kids. We got to give them access and opportunity, you know, whether it's virtual, actual field trips, we've got to fill in those gaps. So our kids are able to make their way in the world. Well, you know what? This, this journal passage reminds me that I actually felt in, intuitively. I felt that same way about staff. You know, we were at the worst performing school in the district with no close second the worst performing district in the greater Atlanta area. It was a hot mess. 
you know, I'm still reading entries from my first year. It was a hot ass mess. There's enough chaos on a daily basis to literally keep me pinned to my desk all the time, to keep me buried in referrals, to keep a line outside my door complaining about these badass kids. And yet, we took opportunities to provide access and exposure because if your staff is constantly in survival mode, constantly in reactive mode, never acting as if, you know, for our visioning, we acted as if. And I remember a staff member saying, when do we become a high performing school? And I said, as soon as we decide to be one, we'll be one in spirit today and in results tomorrow. And this trip downtown was an example of it. It's not like everything calmed down by May, you know, we, I still had tons of staff members who hadn't left yet. You know, we were still in a chaotic space. And so often we we don't utilize the power of visioning to get past our current circumstances. And I'm, I'm telling you over and over again, visioning is everything because it accesses imagination. You're not going to work yourself out of your shit show with your logical, the logical side of your brain. It's just too overwhelming. It's the imaginative side. So I just pictured this core team becoming the one that helps drive things at our school and what our school will become. And how is a line going to be around the block with parents wanting to enroll their kids at our school and how we had a number of parents who are going to lie about their residency to get their kids into our school. And that's the kind of access and opportunity I wanted to give our staff. I wanted to be able to stand shoulder to shoulder with anyone. Right. The, the high performing schools in our district the private schools. I didn't want us to feel second to anyone, but you got to do more than talk about it. And this was huge because, you know, I'm looking at this list. Um, Georgette, she was gifted. Jeannie was my AP. So I got a third grade teacher, a kindergarten teacher. Legister was a second grade teacher. Ingrid's a first grade teacher. And Coach Scott was our PE teacher. So we had a good number of major players out of school that day. And if you, when I visit schools that are that school, man, they're, they're just having... It's enough to get to two o'clock. It's enough to get to two o'clock, much less plan some leadership retreat for staff members who are at the lowest performing school in the district. But that was just on paper to me. That was just on paper. We were just, we were a sleeping giant and we're gonna open up a can of whoop ass on everybody soon. And it had to start with us from the inside out. And so if you're in a situation where you feel like you're in survival mode, and you feel like you're reacting every day and you're kind of, you know, you got the whatever that thing is, the machine is called, it just shoots the tennis balls at you when you're practicing. You've got to find a way, right? In the midst of the chaos, the chaos is not going to stop. Like you've got to intentionally carve out some time to make things like this happen, to make things like this happen. And so that's the epiphany I had, you know, recording this is that <clears throat> access and opportunity uh, extends beyond our students. We got to make sure our staff is exposed too, because I didn't want them going to any meetings, any conferences, any retreats, feeling like they were less than. They're going to be as, as equipped and as ready and as prepared and as confident as anyone else. We just had to do it in spirit first, right? In spirit today and results tomorrow. Start with the crown.
Hey, my book, Ruthless Equity, Disrupt the Status Quo and Ensure Learning for All Students is out. It has been met with phenomenal response. I know this is less than humble, but uh, I prayed on it. And listen, our kids can't afford me to be humble. This book needs to be in the hands of every single educator without question. And that's not about selling books. That's about impact. I can make you one solid promise when you read this book. You will not utter the phrase. This book reminds me of another book I read. You will not utter that phrase. Ruthless Equity is my defining work. It's everything I believe, everything I know. It will change the game. It clarifies equity, which has been pulled in 500,000 different directions. So pick up your copy now. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search Ruthless Equity, Ken Williams. Or I've got a large amount of demand for signed copies. If you want a signed copy of Ruthless Equity, go to my website, unfoldthesoul.com. Go to the store in the menu tab and order Ruthless Equity from my website. You'll see this information in, in the notes as well. Lastly, for schools and districts that would like to order 20 or more copies of Ruthless Equity, I am offering a 20% discount. That's 20% off of the list price if you order 20 copies or more. To do that, go to unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk 20 the number two zero it's unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk two zero get your copy of ruthless equity today it is a game changer baby on the next episode of the unfold the soul bless his heart leadership podcast we're going to talk about leadership follow through and dry skin yeah Dry skin, baby. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.